Welcome to Rain City Jerks. I'm your host, Jack Slattery. I'm your host, Jay Markovitz. And today we're joined by a very special guest. We have uh, the legendary Hans Kim with us. Hey, I'm Hans Kim. I'm the guest. Uh, is this your first time finding out that you are, in fact, legendary? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We are unable to confirm or deny your existence. Yeah, I'm like Thor. Yeah, in many ways, you're like Thor, yeah. If you, if you were a god, uh, what would you be the god of? The god of small orgasms. Giving and receiving. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm there. I'm there in the woman, I'm there in the man. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just want to do my little part in the little pantheon of gods by giving uh, orgasms. A, 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 what is it, like five little orgasms to one large one? Yeah, and that's, you're putting in work. And the yeah, pan, the, the mean, pantheon sees that. Sweet. Um, and I really like it. Um... I masturbate probably like four times a day. Every day? Yeah. Nice. Are, are you shooting blanks by the end of that? Like number yeah, numbers three and four. Do, freak. What'd you say? That's what you do. You orgasm and you don't even have anything come out like a weirdo. No, I got to keep it in, man. What? It's supposed to live That's in my balls. not normal. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're all normal here, Hans. That's... That's the uh, agreement. Yeah, I like to come. Have you thought about getting a vasectomy? Yeah. I have one. I'm a big fan. I'm a big supporter. Uh, I encourage almost everyone to get one. How did you get it? Through the military or uh, independently? Independently. Yeah. Not That does seem like something the military would be like, hey, you want a vasectomy? Here you go seems like that would work in their favor but no i just did it uh independently i had health insurance at the time and i just had it done it was cheap it was easy it was easier than getting my wisdom teeth taken out and uh now you can blow loads and don't have to worry about it oh so is it uh painful no not at all they do local anesthesia and you're awake the whole time, and so I watched them like cut open the the, the coin purse down the seam, and then I took some pictures of them doing it. And it's it's like it's crazy. You can like see it all, but you can't feel anything because like they stabbed you in the balls with Novocaine. Are you in a beach chair? Uh, kind of. You're like in a dentist chair, kind of. Do you have good posture? Do you have like a little pot belly and you're staring down at your balls like, holy shit. Oh my God. You guys are cutting my balls. Kind of. Well, they put you, they put you on the table and then like they put like one of those like paper dresses on you, like a paper, like surgery paper. I don't know what the right word is, but so then like just your balls are sticking out of the paper on the table. 
and then they rub iodine all over them. So it just looks like this like goopy brain sticking out of like this flat field. And then they go to work on it. You're really selling it here. Hey, I look, this was like almost eight years ago for me and I have vivid memories of it. Like it was a, it was a big day for me. It was, it was, I was happy with my decision and the images tend to stick in your mind. I took pictures. I took pictures. Do do you ever jerk off with your imagination, Hans? Yeah, or or is it always porn? Um, it's pretty much always porn. Okay. Sometimes I'll be watching porn and thinking of someone else. A different porn actress, or like a woman? Like a real interaction that I had. All right. Uh, I'm a I'm a Kill Tony fan, so we get the hot scoop. How many hand jobs have you had? Uh, this week. This week. Well, four a day uh, from himself. Well, like tomorrow, right? Isn't they're gonna ask how many, how many hand jobs you've gotten? Today's Sunday. Last Sunday. Um, I don't remember. The only thing I remember is that I had a full intercourse with a condom on, on, like Friday. Or Saturday, yeah, I think it was yesterday. I had, or Friday. I think I had intercourse Friday. And intercourse with a condom, better or worse than just your own hand? It's better. It's better for sure, just by the symbolic implications alone, but also feel, and also what it does to the girl, and like seeing what it does to her. Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, it does things to people to put your penis in them. It changes lives. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something you got to pay attention to. You can't just zone out. <laughs> you got to zone out a little bit, though. Otherwise, like, it's too good. You got to hit that sweet spot yeah. of, like, Simsara where you're, like, there but not there. In my day, we thought about yeah. baseball I, to keep it down. I just do simple arithmetic to keep my stride going do you have any tips for for <laughs> how do you how do you distract yourself hans would need to do yeah, more complex yeah. arithmetic yeah. yeah i mean how's seattle now is it like weird are the liberals back to doing comedy or are they still cowering in the shadows they're mostly still cowering in the shadows to be honest they only do comedy at their own shows they don't go out to any other sort of open mics or clubs or shows only places that are like they've kind of built a walled garden for themselves wow so they're like they're so fragile that they can't expose their comedy to anyone who doesn't think exactly like them that's pretty much that's very accurate Yeah. yeah They'll sometimes like at least doing good at their own shows. They are, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's they, a couple shows that there's a couple producers and a couple shows that seemingly sell out all the time and are doing very well, but they only go to their so own how things. Do, how do you do a show in the pandemic as a liberal and be like, hey, we know that uh, we shouldn't be doing this, but we're selling this shit out and packing it out? Like, don't they have liberal guilt about that? Well, everybody has to show vaccine cards and you have to wear a mask and, uh, you know, they're woke. So they're they're OK. Yeah. Vaxxed and masked. Yeah, but that's not as good as staying at home. Yeah. Well, the ma- the mask mandate is about to lift here. 
uh, we're like we're almost going back to like a tinge of normality. Wow. Yeah, they're 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 selective about what tenets of liberalism uh, they cling to first and secondly. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not so bad now, and the numbers are going down. Numbers are down. Do Omicron you, is not that bad. Do you have uh, to wear masks in Texas? No, I don't even carry a mask with me. Wow. I just live my life, and if these people get COVID, I don't really care. They kind of deserve it. <laughs> what a paradise. Yeah. I know. No guilt. I'm actually doing the world a favor if I get someone sick with coronavirus down here. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> the original law. Are you yeah. fitter than Hans Kim? It's our new reality show that we're pitching. Yeah, I'm just coughing on everyone, seeing if they're able to survive it. Uh, did you face yeah. increased scrutiny as a Southeast Asian gentleman during the initial days of the pandemic? I'm East Asian. Uh, South Asian would be Vietnamese or Filipino. I'm South Korean. Um, that's East Asia. We're uh, not brown. We're pale Asians, the good Asians. Ah, there's that Asian racism. Um, but it's hard to tell because I was quarantining like a good person, like a good citizen of the world. I was quarantined away from everyone. It's like all these Asians were getting shoved around. It's like you should have been quarantining. Don't know what to tell you. You broke the, the tenets of being Asian. God, you're such a good Asian. I know. Was that was, were yeah. you in Texas for that, or is it were you in New York for most of that? And the in the initial uh, I was in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle. Quarantining, so, and then I went to that park, Volunteer Park, I think, where they were doing mics during the pandemic. Oh October. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, Jason all, McBride, Casey McLean, John Banning, John whatever, huh? John Banning. Yeah. Yeah. I was there, and then I went to L.A., and then I went to the desert for three or four months, and then I went to Austin. So it's been an adventure. What did you do in the desert? What desert were you in? I was in South Southern California and Arizona and New Mexico and Texas. The desert's there. Anza Borrego, Mount Superstition, um, the Joshua Tree. Uh, you know, Carlsbad Cavern, other stuff. But uh, yeah, I was just chilling out, living by myself, living off the land and just surviving. It was fun. Did you eat any lizards? No, I actually went to grocery stores for food. So, But I was just like out there for two weeks at a time, just building fires and jerking off and watching YouTube videos. So you still have the, the internet? Yeah. That seems like the way to do it. Like, if, if you're going to be in the desert, at least have the internet. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's the most important part of living in the desert. Did you jerk off any, like, <laughs> high ravines or cliffs and just, like, let your cum fall hundreds of feet? <laughs> Nobody's no, going to now. The fireplace into the fire that I built. That did seem, it, did that it seems, sizzle? Yeah, that seems Did satisfying. it sizzle when you jerked off into it? I think so. Is that the sound of a billion little Hanses screaming out? Going I mean, to hell. When you jerk they off in the boring. desert, like you're really helping the environment. You're like giving precious moisture to something out there. 
Yeah, I think they can use it. Some lizard or some cockroach can yeah, some s- on it. Some scorpion oh, came up God. on that and was psyched on it. All the other scorpions were mercilessly calling it gay. It's like, dude, you ate yeah, that guy's cum? It was great to be in the desert. Um, I was quarantining. There was no a lot of, there wasn't that much Asian hate towards me. Um, I, um, I think it's fucked up that uh, Asians started it. So maybe we deserve a little bit of hate. No, but it's not our fault. Diseases happen everywhere. Yeah, they come from everywhere. Uh, are you are you ready for another virus? Are you kind of done with Corona and ready to move on? Yeah, let's level up. This one is a warm up. Now it's time for a better, better virus to come take a crack at us. The real zombie virus. Somebody's cooking up. Yeah, Bill Gates, it's- please deliver us a better virus. Yeah, this one is too easy. We didn't kill enough grandmas. We got to come for the rest of them. Yeah. It broke us, I think, this virus. <laughs> Mentally, it's like we're fighting each other and stuff. We weren't prepared. We're like not used to like real stuff. We're used to just fake stuff. And this is like something that we all have to do. And it's like, oh, they're all dragging our feet. But, um, yeah, I mean... Um, it was an interesting thing and, you know, like it helped me to get out of New York. If it wasn't for the virus, I'd still be in New York, just slumming it. And how long have you been in Austin now? 11, 11 months. Okay. And, uh, how long were you there or how long was it before you got your break on Kill Tony? Like three months. Five months. Oh, that's good. Uh, How long were you in New York for? Just to live there and soak it in and be a part of the community. What was, what'd you get out of that? What was cool about it? A lot of mics, the grind, you know, like a lot of great comedians getting to be around amazing comedy all the time and like being sad and suffering, but like pursuing it. Uh, and working hard and just going out there and doing it every day and like you know being around the great art makes you better so that was good did it make you better yeah (laughs) sure it makes you like it makes you be like why am i saying this there's so many talented comedians here everyone's so awesome i can't just be good i gotta be unique and good so it makes you specialize in what you want to say and you're going to be bombing so much, so you pick material that you want to bomb with. Like, I'm okay bombing, talking about something that I actually care about. So it makes you pick out stuff that you actually want to say. And what was that for you? What kind of themes did you develop? Um, just general, um, you know, leftist ideology, politics, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, workers' rights, um, and also like sex and women, and like how sometimes women um, are in a cultural uh, thing where they don't have enough sex and <laughs> how it affects society. 
Okay, that's pretty good stuff. So you were developing these these leftist liberal themes, uh, and then it's it's kind of funny that now you got on this show and rose to popularity uh, with an audience that's mostly like on the right side, right? Um, I guess so. I think that it's more like fifty fifty than people realize. But I, I mean, think it's I think pretty fifty fifty politically right but i think that uh, overall it's not really about politics it's more about comedy so it's really it gets people at a level that it's not political so it's they don't have to engage with it politically so like you know it's just comedy now that you've been in all in like these three different areas like how would you say they're different like how does seattle feel compared to austin say um there's like a lot of hope here there's like there's a whole new batch of people here since rogan moved here so it's not like how it was before there's like it's like uh woodstock there's a whole bunch bunch of people moving here there's energy there's hope there's this isn't an entrenched thing this is like unique and that we're building it as we live it so um there's it's a there's like a startup entrepreneur energy here Seattle was good, but this is all pre-pandemic. Uh, Seattle was a good city to start out in. I think that there was a lot of great opportunities for stage time. There was music open mics. Seattle is a very musical city and very uh, open to artists. And I like the liberal aspect. I think liberal art is the highest form of art. I think conservative art is good, but it's limited. It's, there's like a ceiling to it. You can only be Larry the Cable Guy for so long, I think. Um, it was good to be in a city where people are sort of more thinking and more like critical so that you're like, Oh, what do I actually think about this? And why don't they like me? And why do they think I'm a rapist or a monster or a racist? And then it makes me be like, Oh, they're wrong. Let me double down on just being like, yeah, I think that I'm, I think that I'm sometimes terrified of black people and why shouldn't I be? (laughs) Uh, But it makes me like, just admit like, uh what yeah it just makes you more honest with yourself i think uh to be in a critical environment seattle is a very critical environment it was like running in sand so i think it was good to be like oh this is what the worst way to take my joke is i think it was good to get that impression in my head interesting and do you feel like austin is a little bit freer like you can just there's more opportunities to just be whatever and not have to worry about any sort of repercussions it's more of a party. Like you just want to make people laugh. It's not really that uh, intellectually strenuous. It's just like fart, poop, butt, faggot, retard. You know. You get all it's the just, words. Yeah, it's just fun. This it's fun here. It's a party. Everyone's hanging out. Uh, a lot of a lot of people coming out. A lot of audiences filling up the shows. Yeah, there's good audiences. Yeah. A lot of people coming out. It's just normal. Like, it's not pandemic anymore here. Now, the people are moving there, like, to do comedy. Are people moving there to watch comedy? Are there comedy nerds that are there to get, like, the hottest comedy shows that they can? Or, like, is there a scene developing beyond just the comedians? Like, people migrating there? 
Yeah, um, I don't know, because it's harder to move there to just watch comedy, but the people that are here go into more comedy, and then there's people that visit, because uh, Austin is known as the sort of place where you can come and you're welcome, and you don't have to do the things you did in the past. But uh, yeah, there's like a huge uh, lot of lot of people coming and going, and yeah, a lot of lot of uh, different uh, types of people here. People that didn't move here until the pandemic. There's a lot of pandemic immigrants here who moved away from more uh, blue areas, liberal areas, to be in Texas. Um, yeah, or just like other red areas that aren't as awesome. Yeah, Austin's pretty cool. Yeah. Like anyone who's in the South. What are uh, what are some of the best opportunities that you've had to perform since you've been in Austin? Um, opening up for Joe Rogan at the Vulcan and the Creek. Um, you know, packed shows and bars, um, just comedy clubs, just the... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on here. You're getting a headliner work now, yeah? Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah, it's good to do a lot of time. It's good to stretch it out. How many How many good minutes would you say you have at this point? Um, I've done 51 minutes, um, and I still had some jokes left over. So I could probably do 60 if the crowd is laughing. You uh, you thinking about an album? I want to do it a lot. Like, you know, you've been to Laughs, and you've seen the headliners, and they do hours every day, uh, every weekend. So I want to get to that level. I want to get to an hour where it's honed. I don't want to just, like, do an hour every month and be like, okay, I can technically do it. Like, you can do a five-minute set, but that doesn't mean it's ready for the Tonight Show. Right. Uh, Is that you? It might be me. Um, have you thought about coming to Seattle to like rub it in your haters' faces of like headlining somewhere here and just like? Um, yeah, I mean, I want to go to laughs. Um, I heard there's some stuff down south, um, but a lot of the liberal people hate me, so um, there's not really a big incentive for me to go up there yet. Um, maybe if I could line up a bunch of gigs, I'd love to go back because I have a lot of friends there. Yeah, I could go to LA. I could go to New York. Um, I could do a lot of sets there. But yeah, I mean, um, I think that it's uh, the the liberals there are kind of um, uh, vindictive and vicious, and they just are looking for targets to take out their venom on. And uh, I just don't want, really want to, I don't really need to expose myself to them. And I think that if they're going to be petulant children, that it's better to leave them alone to, you know, uh, rot in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you're living that good life. Yeah, um, but I mean, I would love to come back. I've I started. I did five years in Seattle. I did five years of comedy there. It just sucks mm. that uh, Jai Tai has turned into like this cadre of. Nah, Jai Tai is back, baby. Yeah, not anymore. Jai Tai is back. Jai Tai is not run by a cadre. It's one person now. Nice. 
That's what we need is a dictator. He that you know what he says as much. He says that he is a dictator and that it's his rules or no rules. So it's not run by the Politburo anymore. It's not. No. No. Who runs it? What's his name? Paul Curry. He's been on the show. Friend of the oh, show. I know Paul Curry. He's, yeah. He started after like right before I left. Yeah. 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 How did he get that shit? He was a part of the group that ran it before the pandemic then they ran into some problems and every during the pandemic basically everybody jumped ship and he was like hey does anybody mind if i resurrect this and then he incurred the wrath of doing that and now he's turned it around and got it going and it's running good again yeah jai tai was a beautiful jewel jai, jai tai got canceled jai tai got canceled and now it's resurrected I heard that it's because the Thai owners fired a black uh, worker there. Yeah, that's and true. And they were like, oh, it's because they're, they're racist. They're Thai and they're racist to black people. But it's really because she was like a shitty employee. It's a whole thing. It's, yeah. like, a, it's like a whole thing. It, Pretty I, much. She got, she, she'd only been there for like two weeks. She got hired like. Yeah. And would not, would, she would not tie up her hair while she was on the clock. Yeah, this is the short of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then they try to make it a thing, and then they're like, they they love canceling people more than they love doing comedy. Yeah, they so tried to like, they tried oh, to cancel they tried to cancel uh, people of color and and immigrants over the like this whole other yeah it was a whole thing, but all that has been seemingly squashed now, and Paul has done an excellent job of. Uh, breathing new life into Jai Tai. So if you're in Seattle, dear listeners, uh, Jai Tai on Broadway is the place is a place to go for great comedy. It's going to be demolished probably within a year. So I think like two years, check it out while yeah. you can. Why? What's happening? Are they going to make a condo there? Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They sold the build or like they're in the works of selling the building. So like it's going to be gone in a year or two. How many condos do they need? All of them. What, where are More. these people in condos going to go? Like, there's no cool places left. They're going to destroy everything and just live there and not go to any cool places, just work all day. They don't actually want to go to cool places. They just want the cultural currency of appearing cool. Yeah, if they, they, if they wouldn't went be able to appreciate it if they were there. If they went and did a cool thing, they would have, they would be afraid. They would be like, oh, I don't like this. This is pushing yeah, me out of my I, comfort zone too much. I feel much. like I'm part of something larger than myself. I'm not a god anymore. Yeah. Got to um, retreat back to yeah, the internet. How's your neck? Good. Yeah, you, you, um, you getting regular body work done? No, I'm not. I'm just suffering. <laughs> that's, why you're, that's why you're such a good artist. All the suffering. Yeah, all the pain. The agony. Uh, comedy underground is not a thing anymore at all. Yes, yeah, gone completely. Died in the pandemic. I think they're turning that into condos, also. Like that oh whole, God, like that people, whole building. People are just gonna visit each other. They're just gonna go to each other's condos all day. We'll meet in the metaverse. I mean, that's the future. Is we all get like little pod cubicle apartments and we just meet in the metaverse yeah um so laughs is still doing it i guess 
Laughs is uh, Laughs is still around. Laughs is king currently. We're like a block and a half away from Laughs right now. Uh, nice. U District. Yeah, U District. We both get work there every now and again. And then we got Club Comedy. Uh, that's going. Yeah, Rick Taylor just opened up a new spot on Capitol Hill, like two block, two doors down from his old spot. It's like a dedicated, club yeah, club comedy. So the club comedy moved to a new location? Yeah, it moved out of a Thai restaurant into like its own space. It's like a 80-person nice. showroom. And they do open mics? Open mics, weekends, uh, yeah, it's a real. It's a real comedy club. It's, yeah, it's small, but it's real. The open mics yes. there are really good. They've been they pack them out, and uh, people pay to come see open mic comedy, and like we sell out. And by we, I mean Jay and I both work at the door there. We've nice. sold out. Yeah, we're corporate now. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want. You want to work at the door so you can get in, like the comedy store. Exactly. Yeah, Club Comedy is the comedy store of Seattle. I hope so. It's got to suckle at the teat of big comedy. So there's a good scene. You can go up like 10, 15 times a week. Mm, well, Not, maybe like eight or nine. Yeah. There's a full week. Oh, every day. You, you, you could okay. probably go up 10 or 15 times. Uh but yeah, like if I if I hit if I hit every night, it'll be like eight or nine eight or nine mics. Yeah. Nice. There's That's at least there's at least one every almost every night and uh some nights you can double or triple dip. And then there's mics on Tuesday or Wednesday at Tacoma Comedy Club and there's this new uh Nate Jackson's comedy club in Tacoma. That's wow. a legit club also. So a black club. It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good room. It's fun. And Nate Jackson's great. Yeah. They're very vocal. They'll let you know if you're bombing. Do you have much experience bombing in black rooms in Texas? No, Austin's pretty white. Um Dallas and Houston are more black. There's a lot of Mexicans in San Antonio. Uh, but Austin's pretty much white. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I did a lot of black rooms in New York, which is kind of scary. But uh, what's yeah, what's so scary about it? Well, like I would do the jokes, and you know they're like supportive at first, and then you know whatever. But then like the DJ was would play. Um, like I did a set, and the DJ was playing like a countdown like five four three two one and then i would like talk shit to the dj and i would, i got my i would take it personally but yeah um it's fun it's good like they're used to being mean to people they think that's normal but uh i think that's good <laughs> it's a part of it uh what what kind of material would you say that black audiences want to hear compared to like a white audience um, they want to hear real shit. They don't yeah. want to hear fake shit or like your tried and true Johnny Carson five minutes. They want to hear sex stuff like 
Man, you ever be fucking a girl and your dick is like so soft or I mean not soft. Pushing rope, yeah, baby. I mean, you could make a joke about that, but like yeah. something from status. They don't want you to be like too self-deprecating. Like if you're too much of a like I'm a bitch, I'm a loser, I'm an idiot, then they're like, okay, then you are. Why are we listening to you? Sure. Yeah. They, they don't want to hear nerd people. shit. They don't want to hear alt yeah. comedy. Yeah. They want you to have some sort of confidence and um you know know why you're there and you know like be able to convey your perspective instead of like you know being weak and being un unable to say what you want to say well put uh you run into many koreans down in austin no usually dallas has more koreans okay okay how much King of the Hill do you watch to like fit into Texas culture? Um, I try not to fit in. I try to remain a communist um, <laughs> and be super liberal and left and uh, socialist and far left and advocate for the rights of workers instead of worshiping oil tycoons. Uh, who are the worst oil tycoons that we should avoid worshiping? Um, I mean, there's not a person, I guess, anyone who is high up in ExxonMobil or a Chevron or, you know, BP is probably not a good person. Okay. I've been worshiping Rockefeller. Is that okay or should I stop doing that? Rockefeller is old news. That, that's like vintage. You're like a hipster. The, hi the hipster like of oil tycoons. Yeah. No, I love the classics. Yeah, the like old, what ninety-seven years old. His whole body is just a liver spot now. Yeah, hopefully he's okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm from praying for him. Hope he yeah. hope he got his booster shot. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. I think it's it's good to uh, embrace freedom and democracy. Are you a gun owner now? I want to be. I signed up to register to vote, and I'm going to use that to buy a gun. What kind of what, prove that you live in Texas? What kind of gun are you going to buy? And, and are you going to be an open carry kind of guy? Or are you going to like cowboy it up? Probably not. <laughs> open carry is like not smart in any capacity. <laughs> Why not? Well, like, you don't want people to know you have a gun if you have a gun. You want people to not know. That way, when you pull it out, they don't know that you're going to do it. So you want to be a concealed carry kind of guy. Yeah, that's the norm. Like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, you're right. So what are you going to get? You're going to get, like, a handgun, a rifle, a shotgun? Um well, I don't know when I'm going to go back into the van, so I'm thinking handgun just because the rifle might be hard to use in a van. That's true. Yeah. Have you considered uh, getting like a uh, mounted turret for the van? I could get a turret. I could get like a semi-auto up there. Uh, <laughs> little machine gun nest, <laughs> yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. Maybe I could have like a fucking uh, apocalypse van and just get ready for something that might not happen but no you you um, need to create the apocalypse with the apocalypse van you already kind of have the apocalypse van right i mean you can like you live in that thing 
Yeah, it's an, an amazing feeling. Like, I don't need much. All I need is uh, regular Tyson chicken deliveries to the grocery store, and then I can live. But I don't need electricity. Um, I need water. Um, yeah. But I could get water from a river or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the less things I need, the better. And uh, it's good to not rely on a system that I don't trust or respect. But, what when yeah. did you lose respect for the system? Probably in high school. What what, what was the turning right. point? Huh? What what caused you to lose respect for the system? I'm like why am I wasting so much time here? What is the point of this? Like this is not helping me in any way. Like this is how you you start out the lives of all your youths is just wasting time and torturing them. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> It makes you crazy to be like, what are we doing? Like, why am I torturing myself? But then you went to college. Did, did, you hate huh? co- did you hate college also? Um, college was more directed. It was more like basic math or like basic skills and, uh, you know, like more advanced skills and stuff. No, I didn't hate college. It was, by that point, it was already too late. I was already like, I don't. I don't see the end of this. This is this is just going to go on forever. You know, co- high school, college, job. I'm forever going to be in a cubicle waiting for the clock to wind down. Sure. So I was already I was already gone by college. I I made a cursory effort, and it was very difficult. It was like hard shit to learn if you're not really motivated to learn it. Mm-hmm. But I finished it with a low level of motivation and a low GPA. And um, yeah, I mean. College could be fun if you're like really want to know like the basics of physics and like shit that we figured out like Newtonian physics, uh, like that stuff. But like now we're at quantum physics, so it's like how useful is this? I'm just learning like the basics for something that is you know like is 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 not even the pinnacle of what we learn, and it's already this hard. So like. Um, yeah, if I wanted to get into that, that would, that would cost a lot. It's so like a like, PhD, just, right? Yeah. Um, and what, when did you start making a plan to get out of the system? How did that evolve for you? Just degeneracy and loss of hope and moping around and not really committing to anything in my life. Uh, and then uh listened to Joe Rogan and I was like, hey, uh, doing stand-up comedy – makes more sense than just like doing nothing with my life. And at least I'm still not contributing to the system and the economy and the country doing comedy. I'm still doing uh, my moping around and being a hobo by doing comedy. Uh, as long as I'm not helping the system, then I could stomach uh, spending a lot of time and effort in it. So I was like, comedy isn't a net positive to the system. So let me do that. So the fact that it wasn't a really useful part of the economy really helped me to get into comedy. Ah. Spite, it helps everything. Yeah. You're, you're one more thing the liberals can blame on Joe Rogan. <laughs> but now that you're succeeding, yeah. now that you're huh? succeeding in comedy, like uh it's got to feel pretty good though, right? Like you've you've accomplished your goal. Yeah, I mean, I'm and in this this room is pretty much paid for by comedy, so you capitalist um, pig. Well, yeah, I mean, 
socialism is when no home, right? So I'm in a home, so I'm betraying my communist roots by having shelter. Um, You'll be but, the first against um, the wall. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I love the place that I'm at. Like, this is like, I don't know many people that have been able to do what I did recently, which is like still feels foreign to me. So I hope it doesn't like, I'm not, I'm not too like, it does, it's not like an intrinsic part of me yet. It's just like, I'm observing it from a distance. It feels like to be like, whoa, look, uh, this guy. Do you get recognized on the street? Huh? Do you get recognized on the street? Uh, every now and then. Yeah. A little bit here and there. Usually from Kill Tony fans. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, it's pressure because, like, now, like, if you're a dick to someone, they're going to remember that. So it's like I try not to be a dick, and it's, like, hard because <laughs> I'm kind of a dick. Yeah, that, that's kind of your brand. Yeah. Maybe they'll walk away and be like, wow, that guy, that guy's really honest he's a dick in real life it's not just an act it will increase yeah. their confidence in you yeah they'll love me more for being a dick but i think on the show i'm kind of sweet like i don't think that i'm that big of a dick all the time i don't know no you're, you're not i mean t tony's kind of got a monopoly on being a dick on the show so you can be right. you know your sweet self yeah he he's like the jesus he takes all the dickishness out of everyone else <laughs> Yeah, he absolves he you of your dickness. Who are, who are your favorite comedians uh, these days, kind of contemporarily? Who do you like? Um, Mark Normand. Yeah, he's great. Um, um, I, uh, I think that, um, uh, you know, Joe <laughs> Rogan... <laughs> I love Joe Rogan. I mean, I, I uh, loved him when uh, when I first started comedy. I always thought he was good, and now um, I get to open for him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not just saying that, but, yeah, I do think Joe Rogan's one of the best out there right now. Um, Bill Burr, Sebastian Maniscalco, um, Louis C.K. Sure. Um, yeah, like... Um, I don't know. I don't really watch too much comedy. Good. You just make your own. Hans Kim is your favorite yeah. comedian. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I'm really that good. I think I'm a hack sometimes. I think that's where you're supposed to be. I think that you're supposed to feel that way. Yeah, I'm Asian too, so. I'm so it's been done a billion point. times. Huh? You're Asian. It's been done a billion times. Of course it's hack. I know, yeah. We have no self-worth. There's a billion of us. It's hard to think that you're special. Yeah, a lot of those cultures are based more along like a family or group identity, yeah? Yeah. Like what's best for the majority of the group. Yeah. Which I think is... Uh more stable long-term strategy sure i mean those cultures have been around much longer <laughs> back when you whites were painting each other in blue paint and fighting naked and you know oh those were the days man 
Just like cleaving people's heads in half with an axe. Yeah. It's like barely an axe. It's a sharp dogs. rock. What do your parents think? Um, yeah, your pa- are your parents proud of you? I don't know. I should call them. <laughs> do you want to do you want to call them live here? Do they know of your your level of success? Do they know do they understand the the dream you have realized? I think they're aware of it. They told me that one of their friends' sons said that I was famous. So, you know, that's a good sign when someone else is telling your parents that you're a success. Yeah. That way you don't have to. It it carries more weight. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I I should talk to them, see what they think. Ask them what they think about me. My dad likes you, so, you know, my parents are very pro Hans Kim. They have a they, they have a poster of you on their bedroom wall. Yeah, I mean, I'm a real partisan issue. It's like, it's like Team Jacob versus Team Edward. Are there are there uh, are there Korean vampires? Um, no, we didn't really go for the whole vampire thing. I think more we love the zombie thing, like Train to Busan. And the high school zombie show, we're all sure. good or something. It's hot. It's hot these days. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense in a country that's so hyper-capitalist to see other human beings as potentially turning into rabid monsters. It's like we live that reality every day. So I think it's like it's, it's it fits in our culture. And plus, we love Christian uh, Jesus. We worship uh, a lot of uh, the Western religions, so I think there's a lot of similarities in the cultures. Yeah, how, do, how does, how does uh, Korean Christianity work? I remember there were a lot of Korean churches uh, in the city that I grew up in. When did, when did that come over? I think in the 50s, uh, the Korean War, we were like, thank you so much for helping us. You guys really are the shit. Um, we'll, your religion must be correct. Um, we should be more like these people. That sound logic, um, really. You guys were so right. Yeah. And now, and now and they now have like the best internet and high speed trains. We don't have that. Yeah, that takes a little bit more uh, forethought and group cohesion. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we hopefully we get the best of both worlds, America and Korea. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Christian, we had a monotheistic religion, so I think that helped. Yeah, to superimpose a different monotheistic religion over the top. Yeah. Probably got to keep some of your cool stuff. Yeah, Yeah. similar religion. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, how are the, who is the newest, biggest Who's who's like who's like the big dogs in Seattle now? I'd say Bo Johnson is at the top of the pile. Yeah, he's so nice. Yeah, Bo Johnson, Chris Mejia. Uh, I would say that they're running shit mostly in Seattle. Uh, yeah. Timmy Booth, he's doing good. Paul Curry. Yeah, they're they're doing pretty good. They're doing great. Uh. Adam Tiller gets a lot of good work. Adam Tiller gets a lot of good work. Uh, Quentin Jones is about... He's, he's, he's getting to the point where he's got to leave Seattle. Yeah. He's going to New York. 
There's a lot of good comics there. Seattle's a great place for comedy, honestly. And I think what you said earlier about how it's like running in sand is pretty true. Like if you can get Seattle audiences to like you and uh, laugh with you, especially being uh, a cishet white man, if you can get Seattle audiences on your side with that, then maybe you have a chance elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I did, um, I... Yeah. It's like Seattle people are like so fucking emotionally retarded sometimes. Like they'll be in an audience in a room just be like, why am I here? This is so weird. I feel so weird right now. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. And then like if you can make that audience laugh, that's like the hardest audience to make laugh because they're cynical. They're like ironic. They're never like taking things at face value. They're always like trying to be smarter than you. So it's a, it's a great audience to just be like super silly and make laugh because uh, they're they're the hardest. It's like you would think like an angry audience full of like people yelling and like you know like you know that would be the hardest audience, but that's actually like easier to turn an audience that gives you nothing that just keeps it all in. That's like even more difficult. Like way more difficult. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I did some shows in Atlanta over Christmas and New Year's, and it was way easier. They just wanted just wanted you to make them laugh. Everything yeah. didn't have to be veiled in like seven layers of irony and self awareness. You know, you kind of you kind of yeah. got to dumb shit down a little bit uh, <laughs> from working in Seattle because people don't know people outside of Seattle don't know all the different terms for like genders. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just talk about like super arcane gender stuff. Arcane's a good word. It's like Lovecraftian genders. <laughs> you were on a show tonight. How'd that go? It's good. It's a variety. It's a improv. It's like a it's like a game show, a dating show. Oh yeah, I think um, I think I see yeah. some ads for that. Did you get yeah, a date? Did it go well? Huh? Did you get a date? Did it go well? No, it's I'm the host. Oh, so you're the host. People go on dates. Gotcha. They go on dates on the show, or they come back to the show and report about the dates. No, they go on dates on the show. Have you created any successful relationships off of that show? Um, I don't know. Probably not. Doesn't matter. You know, you don't care what happens once the show is over. Are you on Tinder or any dating apps? Like, has your luck with those increased at all? Um, I don't do dating apps. Um, I don't think that's my strong suit. Um, I don't, uh... Yeah, I, I if it's not through comedy, then I don't really want to talk to someone because it's okay. like so much easier. Yeah, you know, read through comedy. You already have social proof. Yeah, I have. They're uh, like, oh, this know, guy's great. People laughing at me. I already like this guy. Let's talk to him. Yeah, it's the way it should be. <laughs> but maybe I'm spoiled. You know, it's like I don't know. Not, I just don't like the normal. Way of, I don't think the normal meeting is uh, equal or fair. 
No, I, I would say I'd say you're correct. Yeah. There's no cool story. Yeah. It's just it's too vulnerable and too hurtful. It and these I'm giving power to these strangers and letting them in and letting them hurt me. And it's if it's not set up to be easy, then if it's not T ball, then I don't really feel the need to get good at exposing myself to random people and getting good at having them hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Shooting fish in a barrel. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I don't want to like have a fight to the death emotionally and spiritually with someone. Um, I'd rather just like, you know, if it's easy, I'll do it. I don't want to spend my whole life trying to get a mate. Um, I'd rather do other things than just, I'd rather try to procreate through not trying to procreate than like active, like, you know, like only focusing on that. But are you trying to procreate? Huh? Are you, are you trying to procreate? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, it's not a, it's not my prime directive. Not yet. Yeah. It's a, it's just a byproduct of like an awesome life that I want to live is like have a little me. I think it's good to like interact with children and what better way to interact with a child than to create one. You would get to interact with it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Whether you like it or not. You could always steal one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you could, uh, you know, you could just hang out at a playground and just get your fill of youthful innocence and, uh, you know, naive perspective by like talking to other people's children in public. But other people love that sustainable solution. Yeah. It's better just to create your own and you know, spend too much time with it and mind the child for anything that you can. Do you think you would start doing dad jokes if you had a kid? Like, jokes about your children? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do, I do, I go snowboarding and I have jokes about that, so if, you know, if I can come up with a joke about some mundane activity like throwing out the trash, then uh, a rich minefield like having a child would probably produce way more Way more material. Yeah, I think a lot of people have children, so their jokes get better. Yeah, it doesn't always work. <laughs> Do you often just exercise and uh, on the podcast all the time? Yeah, <clears throat> little little kettlebell bottoms up press. Yeah, really working those forearm tensors. It's tough on my <laughs> left side. I was banging it out on the right, but this is this is. A little harder. Is it because your body is always sort of doing some sort of exercise? So to you, it doesn't feel different and you're able to have a conversation. But to someone watching, it's visually striking. Yeah, this, this, is, like, uh, this is like maybe just 10% expenditure of focus resources. So it's easy to have a conversation and do a kettlebell press at the same time. It keeps them focused. It's like uh, non-medical... Uh, Ritalin. Just bring a kettlebell with you, and when you need to pay attention, you just start working out. You're like, I'm focused. I'm just, I got to do this. Got to get the wiggles out. That's important. I mean, it's a little distracting, and I think it can, um, 
you know, affect the uh, direction of the conversation. But if you can get away with doing it, then it's uh, good because, like, uh, you can uh, feel better about yourself and also have a conversation. You can multitask. Is it is it more or less distracting than a guy who like carries a snake around his neck as an accessory? Um, it's better than that because at least it's like you can't help it. Like it's not that cool. You're just sort of being weird with the snake. No, with the exercise. With the exercise, yeah, yeah. Do you see a lot of, of reptile havers in Texas? Like the weather's more. Uh, set up for people to have reptiles outside um i think that a lot of people have guns and that sort of satiates their need to have dangerous animals okay okay in public anyway yeah they're like i can shoot your snake so don't really care about it so more people probably yeah. have kettlebells than snakes in Austin. What's the most Texas thing you've seen so far? Um, uh, <laughs> probably just like the pickup truck behavior on the highways. Just like jacked up monster truck pickup trucks is driving all over the place going crazy. Yeah. Are there a lot of truck the nuts out there? Are there a lot of truck nuts out there? Uh, no, not really. I think that was disappointing. Two thousands. Yeah, should bring them back. No, we need we need non-binary truck nuts. Truck vulvas. Exactly. Truck I mean, the little little trailer hitch looks like a clitoris. Yeah. You got uh yeah. <laughs> Got a belly button. Um, Oi. Uh, Anything you want to plug, Hans? This will release tomorrow, so. Yeah, this is hot out tomorrow. Probably just my Instagram and YouTube and like the videos I do. I do like the other people dating show on my YouTube and I like just talking to the camera on YouTube and I play Catan, play a lot of sellers of Catan on YouTube. And people can just find you through Hans Kim on YouTube. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your preferred strategy in settlers of Catan? Um, to get a city right away. Yeah. Cities and development cards. That's more, you're more of a CD guy. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Road, yeah, ro- roads and good. roads and settlements uh, are for peasants. Yeah, but cities beat out settlements. Oh yeah, because settlements are probably you're going to build on another uh, vertex that's probably not as uh, probable, uh, and the ones that you chose already are, are probably better than any spot that you can go to to build a settlement on. Well, next time you're in town, we should play for like 17 hours. Okay. How yeah, long do how long Catan. do your Catan games go? And do you use the expansion packs? I have Seafarers. Um, Cities and Knights was a little complicated. It's pretty complicated. Um, yeah, 
there's so many different types but yeah um i do that on my youtube i have an instagram i post some of my jokes um i have a tiktok um but yeah i'm uh i'm all over the place on the internet um but yeah i mean uh well yeah I, i'm on those things if they want to find me cool yeah we'll put some links on there um any questions for me when you're coming back to seattle you got any plans i we kind of already went over that but uh It'd be cool if you came back for a visit. I'd love to. Um, well, you got to come back and see your family sometime, yeah? My family's in San Francisco now. Ah, well, then you don't have to come back to Seattle. Exactly. I could avoid it entirely. But I just I wanted to see you. It. I just want to see you come back and headline laughs uh, and just blow people's brains. Like I just want to see the aneurysms that would be caused from that. <laughs> yeah i mean i think that uh seattle is a very difficult town um when i was there they're all nice to my face but as soon as i leave then they're then they lose all respect or like they don't see me face to face so then i'm just a figment in their tortured depressed minds that they can just play with and they turned me into something um and uh, into a monster in their heads and now that's how they treat me so um it's just like uh yeah i mean they it's it's sad that it happened i wish that i had a hometown that uh i could um go back to comfortably but you know fortunately i don't need them and it's optional and i would love to come back but uh yeah it's uh it's more difficult they don't make it easy so um, let, I'll see. I would love to, you know, I'm sure that, uh, like the negativity sticks out more in my head than it should. Like we have a negative bias, like, uh, people are more risk adverse than they are, uh, seeking reward. There, there's way more people here that, uh, believe in you and support you and, uh, think that you're funny and, uh, yeah, you know, haven't known you for a long time, man. I'm really, uh, really happy for you. And for all of the success that you've achieved and uh, fucking work hard, man. You've earned it. Thanks, man. Um, I'm sure I'm just like being a super uh, negative and like a Seattle person. I'm like, you know, depressed and think everyone's <laughs> always thinking about me when they're not. So I, I got to tackle my inner Seattle before I go back to Seattle. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for thanks so much for coming on the cast, and thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And this thanks is for having me, guys. Yeah. All right. Thank you.